Hello everyone, my name is Lou and welcome to my podcast called Anatomy Follows Physiology. Uh, We just finished up talking about endochondral ossification um, and now we're going to go talk about um, intramembranous ossification in terms of how bones are formed. So one of the main distinct uh, differences uh, between endochondral and intramembranous ossification is that Intramembranous ossification does not involve um, any cartilage. So there's no cartilage present during intramembranous ossification. Um, But I also wanted to make a correction from the previous uh, episode uh, and note that um, bone fractures can heal both through interchondral and intramembranous ossification. Um, So getting started with the process for intramembranous ossification that does not involve any cartilage. It begins when osteoblasts differentiate within a mesenchymal or fibrous connective tissue. Um, This type of ossification is called dermal ossification because it normally takes place in the deeper layers of the dermis, which is basically like your skin. Um... And they basically produce dermal bones. Uh, so intramembranous ossification makes dermal bones. Like your the flat bones in your skull, your mandible, which is your jaw bone, and your clavicles or your collar bones. Um, so starting from... So intramembranous ossification starts from about the eight, eighth week of embryonic development. So when you're an embryo in your mom's stomach or her belly <laughs> she uh, you're eight weeks old that's when you're starting intramembranous ossification um, which again forms dermal bones and this process starts by mesenchymal cells clustering together differentiating into osteoblasts um, which start to they build by secreting they build bone by secreting this organic uh, the organic components of the matrix um, this results in an osteoid uh, which then becomes mineralized with uh, calcium salts forming a bone matrix. And as this ossification proceeds, some osteoblasts are trapped inside bony pockets where, or bo- these little spaces uh, where they are able to differentiate into osteocytes. Because again, that's what osteoblasts do. They eventually mature into osteocytes. Uh, and the developing bone continues to grow outward from the ossification center in small struts called spicules. And once these spicules have formed, and spicules are kind of like the structural element found in, in sponges, but in, you know, in what our topic we're talking about, the meshing of these many spicules uh, form the spongy part of the skeleton. And then... Um, Blood vessels then start to branch into this area and grow in between the spicules. Um, and they, the blood vessels also get trapped within the bone matrix. Um, the bone continues to grow, and especially with oxygen and a reliable nutrient supply. As the spicules start to interconnect, that's when they start to trap the blood vessels within the bone. Um, this... Um, so osteoblasts continue to deposit bone, and they're usually located near the blood vessels. Um, and this kind of results in a plate of spongy bone with blood vessels weaving throughout. 
And now that we have sort of the spongy bone formed that is vascularized, meaning it has veins throughout and blood vessels um, and arteries, um, subsequent remodeling around blood vessels produces osteons that you'll also find in compact bone. Um, and osteoblasts that are on the bone surface along with connective tissue around the bone forms the periosteum and that's again that sort of membrane almost that kind of surrounds each bone it's like it's like wrapping paper for each bone um, making sure that the bone kind of each bone kind of and every organ even you know stay separate from like other parts in the body um, just in case there's a problem you want to isolate that area so uh, these areas of spongy bone are remodeled forming um, a, the dipole and, and a thin covering of compact bone. So it sort of almost forms like this sandwich where you have spongy bone sandwiched into these two thinner layers of compact bone, thus forming the dermal bones or the bones formed by intramembranous ossification. So to sum up intramembranous ossification, which is a little less complicated than endochondral, um, you can kind of sum it up into four steps. Instead, first step, mesenchymal cells will group into clusters and begin to, those mesenchymal cells will uh, differentiate into osteoblasts, uh, which build bone, and then an ossification center will form. Um, the next step, the second step, um, osteoblasts will secrete osteoids um, and eventually those um, osteoblasts that get trapped um, from building their, you know, building bone around themselves will then mature. Those osteoblasts will mature and become osteocytes. And the next step, the third step, the trabecular matrix and a periosteum form. And next, uh, last but not least, the fourth step, compact bone develops superficial to the trabecular bone and crowded blood vessels condense into red bone marrow. Just remember that intramembranous ossification does begin in utero during fetal development and continues into adolescence. Um, the skull and clavicles at birth are not fully ossified, nor are the junctions between the skull bone, the sutures, they're not closed yet. I think they're called fontanelles um, at that stage. Uh, this allows the skull and the shoulders to kind of deform and kind of condense and be flexible enough so that when, you know, the mother's giving birth, um, they can kind of pass through the birth canal more easily and uh, it kind of like molding their way through as they come out, as the baby comes out. Um, the last bones to ossify via intramembranous ossification are the flat bones of the face. Uh, which reach their adult size at the end of the adolescent growth spurt. And so that pretty much sums up intramembranous ossification. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And next up, we'll get started with bone growth and development uh, in terms of bone remodeling throughout your, your lifetime. Thank you.